0: How's everybody doing today? Welcome to the African History Network show. It is Tuesday, July 27th, 2021, and we are live. Today is uh, Tuesday, July 27th. I'm your host, brother, Michael M. Hotep. It's been a very busy day today covering some of these stories. We had the congressional testimony from four Capitol Hill police officers who were there fighting against the insurrectionists on January. 3rd. January the 6th, so we'll talk some about that. We'll play some edited comments, some censored comments from them, just because of the language. Uh, We're on FCC-regulated radio just because of the language that was used. Um, The the testimony, the language used in the testimony was appropriate, but for FCC-regulated radio, we have to clean it up. Um, So we're going to talk about that. Officers give uh, emotional testimony. At Capitol riot, uh, select uh, congressional uh, select committee hearings. And then there was one African-American police officer, uh, Harry Dunn, who talked about uh, racial attacks um, and being called the N-word by these insurrectionists, these Trump supporters. So we'll discuss that. There was also a piece from The Washington Post uh, by Philip Bump. And I'm going to pull this up here, uh, cause I, I monitor about 35 different news sources on a daily basis. Uh, this was from the five minute fix. I get emails from the Washington Post and New York Times from different news sources all day long, but this is, uh, the five minute fix from Philip Bump, who, uh, is, who is a white male, but this deals with the, um, the capital, the, the, Testimony today. And it dealt with um, the racial nature of the attacks on um, non-white police officers uh, at the uh, capital at the insurrection. OK, this was. Um, let me see if we can look. At, uh, yeah. Race was race was unavoidable. Race was an unavoidable unavoidable subtext of the January 6th riot race was an unavoidable subtext of the January 6th uh, riot. Okay. And this is something that his piece for the Washington Post uh, talks about. So we'll discuss that. And then uh, earlier today, you know, um, Simone Biles stunned everybody by dropping out of the team competition at the Olympics uh, for gymnastics team competition. And we're going to talk about this and share an interview that Hodo from um, based on on NBC uh, did. So she dropped out. uh, She, she, uh, she dropped out. She said she wanted to protect body and mind. She wanted to protect body and mind. She talked about the pressures of being the best. Now, it's not clear if she will compete in Thursday's individual uh, competition. Everybody's hoping that she does. It's not clear if she will compete in Thursday's individual competition. Uh, but she dropped out of the team competition. So we know the uh, Olympic uh, women's gymnastics team took uh, the silver medal today after she dropped out uh Simone Biles said physically i feel good i'm in shape she told hoda um uh, of the uh, of nbc's today show she said emotionally it varies on the time and moment coming to the olympics and being head star isn't an easy feat coming to the olympics and being a head star is not an olympic feat but she also applauded her teammates on the way they stepped up. She said the girls did well. They stepped up when they needed to. So we're going to share that interview that um, Hoda did with um, the women's gymnastics team, especially Simone Biles. Then there's a piece from um, the grill.com. So there've been a number of articles written uh, about, uh Simone Biles, I mean today written about today and her dropping out and and dealing with um trying to preserving her mental health and uh this also echoes um this also uh uh echoes uh, Naomi as well who dropped out, who said she didn't want to do uh interviews with the media uh, to preserve her mental health as well. So th- there was a piece from the uh, Simone Biles on Olympic withdrawal, didn't want to risk team medal for my screw ups. And in the, um, I think it was in this piece here, uh, they, they cite, uh, they talk about Naomi Osaka as well, who cited um, mental health, Preserving her mental health uh, when it came to doing interviews uh, with the media. So, uh, you know, a lot of people who are not in front of the camera uh, don't understand the pressure of uh, being under the scrutiny of not just the media, but people on social media who don't have one 100th your talent, who don't have one 100th your talent. But then want to criticize your every move um in the official press release, Simone bio spoke to reporters about her mental health being being inspired by Naomi Osaka and more explaining how she chose to protect her body and mind. The Olympian explained uh so we'll we'll talk about this as well It's a good uh, good article from uh thegrio dot com all right, and then. I'll share another excerpt of an interview with uh, Bob Moses, civil rights leader. And uh, Bob Moses organized the uh, Freedom Summer in 1964. Uh, Freedom Summer in 1964. He was an early member of SNCC, also Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. He helped start the 1964 Mississippi Freedom uh, Summer Project as well. So uh, I'll share an interview. That he did. We'll share another segment of uh, an interview that we, d- that he did talking about the, um, this one here, this with uh, the organization of Freedom Summer in 1964. All right. Okay. So on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now is correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you. And get away with is based upon what you think about yourself what you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself what you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read heard and seen about yourself so when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts you can control the covers of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know now we deal with a number of different topics here on the african history network show we deal with current events in history and politics education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. The sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. The sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right. Um, the calling numbers 313-778-7600. Uh, if you have a quick question or comment, 313-778-7600. If you have a quick question or comment. And also uh, give you an update on our new 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. 1865 to 1968. We'll talk about that class um, as well. Okay, so I want to go to uh I want to go to this article here from look at this first one from uh, NBCnews.com. And then uh I'll go to clip one when we come back from the break, Shakita. All right. So Simone Biles withdraws from uh, team final U.S. women win uh, silver uh, win silver uh, in gen- gymnastics. Okay. And I was, you know, I was up this morning. Well, I didn't get to bed to about seven this morning, to tell you the truth. Um, so, whatever time the news broke, that's when I got it because I was up. Whatever time the news broke, uh, that's when I got it. And uh, I went to bed for a few hours and got back up and was editing some video. And so I got the news as soon as it broke, uh, even really, I got it before the breaking news story came on MSNBC. I got the, I got the, uh, email update about it. But if we look at this piece here from, uh, NBC news, and let's look at this here. Just one second. All right. Okay. Um, uh, Simone Biles shocked the Olympic world uh, Tuesday when she pulled out of the uh, U.S. team Olymp- uh, U.S. team gymnastics finals and said the emotional toll of the Tokyo games, not a physical injury prompted her withdrawal and emotional, t- the um, emotional toll of the Tokyo games, not a physical injury prompted her withdrawal at first it was being reported as a physical injury. Okay. But then, um, uh, but then she, uh, she was interviewed by Hoda for today's show and cleared it up and said it was not a physical injury. Okay. We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African history network show right here on 910 AM superstation future radio. I'm Michael M hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes
1: black on purpose television network yes, black on purpose television network all black all positive, all the time the largest black owned streaming television network in the world bringing our people together worldwide controlling our messages our stories our way black TV the way it should be black music Black History, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today.
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, of Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, July 27th, 2021, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. All right. Uh, we're broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I M H O T E P. And, uh, I'm going to go back to the story here dealing with Simone Biles and dropping out of the team competition, citing, uh, preserving her mental health and the, uh, pressures of, um, being the star. Uh, of the uh, Tokyo Olympic games um, and and dealing with all of that. Uh, So let's go back to, I want to go back to this article here from um, let's go back to the article from uh, NBC news. Okay. uh, This piece is Simone Biles withdrawals from team. Uh, from team final U.S. women win silver in gymnastics. So she said that. So uh, originally it was reported uh, initially reported that it was a uh, injury, but it wasn't sure what type of injury speculations were being made on one of her dismounts. Uh, she kind of landed a little awkwardly. People thought it was that. But that wasn't the case. Even the. um even the initial um, tweet from uh, Inside Gymnastics, uh, well, well, let me see, there was a original tweet from, yeah, US, uh, USA Gymnastics um, that said she uh, withdrew because of a, a medical issue, okay? And if we look here, I'm on uh, USA Gymnastics uh, Twitter page right now. And if we look at this tweet, that's what uh, initially was the reason. But then after the interview with her, it came out that it wasn't due to a physical injury. So this was from, let's see what, does it give it time? Okay. This was an initial tweet from uh, USA Gymnastics. Uh, official statement: "Quote: Simone Biles has withdrawn from the team final competition due to a medical issue. She will be assessed daily to determine medical clearance for future competitions. Thinking of you, Simone. All right. So that was the original. And let me see something here. It uh, let's give it time. Okay. So that's like 8:07 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 8:07 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then uh, after uh, the media interview, especially with the Today Show." Then we found out that it was not a uh, medical injury. Okay, so if we go back here to this piece from NBC News, she said, physically, I feel good, I'm in shape. Uh, She said, emotionally, it varies on the time and moment. Coming to the Olympics and being head star isn't an easy feat. Now, she explained further to NBC's uh, Andrea Joyce, that her struggle was more mental and we're, we're just dealing with a couple of things internally. Okay. Her struggle is was more mental and we're just dealing with a couple of things internally. End quote. She went on to say, but the girls did well, they stepped up when they needed to. Now, after Simone Biles departure, the U S women's gymnastics team, uh, won silver. Um, Biles later wrote in an Instagram post, uh, Olympic silver medalists. I'm so proud of these girls. And I think we have the post right here. Yeah. Let's look at the actual, uh, this is the Instagram post here. So we see, uh, the, so I don't, they're adults. So I kind of feel awkward calling them girls, but that's what they call them. But I mean, they're in their twenties. They're, you know, they're women, but, they call them girls. So I haven't figured that one out yet. But anyway, uh, she said, I'm so proud of these girls. That's what she called them right here. You girls are incredibly brave and, and talented. I'll forever be inspired by your determination to not give up and fight through adversity. They stepped up. Uh, hold on. They stepped up. When I when I couldn't, they stepped up when I couldn't. Thanks for being there for me and having my back. Forever love y'all. Okay, so that's from Simone Simone Biles. Follow her on Instagram also. So we see them there with their silver medals. Okay, we see them here with their silver medals. Uh, I want to go to this clip here from – let's go to the interview from – to the day show NBC. Uh, Hoda spoke with the actual – spoke spoke with Simone Biles and the female gymnastics team. Let's go to this clip, Shakita.
2: I am live here at the Gymnastics Center, and boy, Savannah and Craig, what a shocking morning it was. I mean, I don't know anybody – Who could have seen this thing coming? The women's team final turned on its head after Simone Biles withdrew.
3: Yeah, it was a stunner. No one saw it coming. This is not how we thought this night would go. Of course, we'll see how it all unfolded Mm -hmm. on primetime tonight on NBC. Simone Biles withdrawing from the competition in a stunner. And she confirmed to NBC Sports Andrea Joyce just moments after the competition that it was not a physical injury that kept her out of the competition tonight. She Mm -hmm. said, I feel fine physically. It's more mental. It has to do with something internal. And then Just moments ago, Hoda, you sat down with Simone and the team.
2: Yeah, it was really something. I mean, I have to say, Savannah, it was so weird because everybody is in such great spirits, which really speaks to the essence of this team. And just to recap in case people are getting up and going like, what happened? Simone Biles started off on her first event. It was the vault. Everyone was watching her. She did a flip, and it looked like she landed in a funky way. And I wasn't sure, like, did she hurt her ankle or was she just disappointed with her vault? We couldn't tell. She grabbed her sweats. She went off with a trainer. She came back a few minutes later, spoke to her team, And said she was withdrawing from this competition. I mean, it left her team reeling. Simone said they were crying, in fact, because they were like, "What are we going to do now?" Well, you know what they did. They stepped up to the plate and they got a silver medal, which was pretty incredible. And Simone turned into like the team coach slash cheerleader. It was incredible. So as I was waiting for them to come through the mix zone, which is after they play, you know, the anthem of, of Russia, who won. They came walking through, and I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I didn't know. I said, are they going to be upset? Are they going to be happy? What's going to be the tone? Well, you take a judge for yourself. Take a look. We love you. Thank you. I just have to say I was kind of, like, shocked in the audience. I was watching you on that first vault. I wasn't sure if you were wincing because you were in pain or you're wincing because something happened. First, just tell me you're okay.
4: Yes, I'm okay. Just super frustrated how the night played out, but super proud of these girls that stepped up and did what they needed to do, and now we're um, Olympic silver medalists. So it's something that they'll cherish forever.
2: Y'all are shining stars. I tell you, you stepped up. (laughs) We hope America
4: still loves (laughs) us. Can I I
2: assure you of something? America loves you more. America loves you more today after what happened, because it was incredible to watch you guys step up. But just set people at ease, Simone, just for a minute, because every, you know, people go to the, when they don't know, they go to the crazy end of of like, oh my gosh, something's terribly wrong. Right. But where would you, where would you put yourself on a scale of one to 10 in terms of how you're feeling physically and emotionally?
4: Um. Physically, I feel good. I'm in shape. Um, emotionally, that kind of varies on the time and the moment. You know, uh, coming here to the Olympics and being the head star of the Olympics is not an easy feat. So we're just trying to take it one day at a time, and we'll see.
2: Okay. Well, we're, you feel us. I hope you feel us. Because today you. we said that you you were, it, you you were proved that you're a winner today, maybe more than any other day. Thank I watched you, you get the yes. chalk for everybody. Yes. I watched you cheer. Thank I watched you. you dance with Jordan. I watched all. I watched it. Thank you. Jordan, you were on that beam. You were like, excuse me, everybody. (laughs) Make room. It's time for Jordan's time. You you came through, like, I mean, did you even surprise yourself?
1: I honestly did, considering what had happened (laughs) two days ago. But um, I honestly, at that moment in time, I knew I had to put my foot my feet into her shoes and show the world that no matter what happens that we can all take a place of somebody who's also great and you know it was... It was mind blowing. I was just very happy that after my series, I was on the beat. I was just like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I screaming. Yeah! Everybody!
2: You had the meat of your life. too. Yeah. we watched you compete. I felt your dad's presence, even though he wasn't in the room. Mm-hmm. I know you guys probably all felt that pressure. Like now, we have to not yes. just perform; we have to overperform. What was that feeling like for um,
3: you? It was very emotional. Yeah. You know, there was time where I was like breaking down More. on the arena, but I pulled
4: myself together, and I knew what I needed to do, and I'm just really proud of all three of us because we
3: really did step up to the plate when we needed to, and I probably wouldn't have it any other way. It's really hard losing a teammate, especially someone so amazing. So.
2: You killed it, Grace. Thank you. You killed it.
3: Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. You new yeah. Amazing
2: Grace. Did you just come in with confidence?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just knew that we needed to have a really good day, and we yeah. all did. I think they really stepped up, and Showing people what we were made of. We fought till the end.
2: And lastly, just one last thing. Thank you, though. Simone, what did you tell everybody, your teammates? Because I know they were shocked when, when yeah, this happened. they, they were freaking out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were, like, crying. And I was
4: like, you guys need to relax. You're going to be fine without me. Go out there. You kick some butt, just like you've done in training. And just lay it out on the floor and see what happens. You kind of became a coach. I,
2: I did. You. I kind of like that uh,
1: a little bit more. I think I'm going to stay back now.
2: <laughs> Simone, but we, can we we'll see you on Thursday, or how are you feeling?
4: Um we're going to take it day by okay. day and we're just going to see. Okay, good. I love you. Thank you. you. I, love you, you. I love you. I love you. I love
2: you. We're so proud of <laughs> thank you, America. You. Love thank you. you. All right, guys.
4: Thank you. We'll see yeah. you Thursday. Okay, I love
2: you. Bye, guys. Yeah. See ya. I mean, look at them. Look at them. Are they not incredible? Like blew me away. It was a they they just they just blew me away. Anyway, I think that Simone to be in that kind of a spirit Uh, Was was pretty remarkable to me, and to see all the rest of the gymnasts like rally like that. You know, they had that eye of the tiger, like, uh oh, it's up to us now, and they proved what they could do. I mean, and they were they were a ten plus. So I told them. They said, Does America still love us? I was like, Are you kidding me? Like, America
3: loves you more. So, uh, you know, come on. Well, they stepped up in a big way in a really really tough moment, Hoda. Thank you so much.
0: So that's, uh, Holder reporting from Tokyo for the Today Show, NBC, um, for NBC. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure that all the women are dealing with, especially, uh, Simone Biles. Uh, if we go back to the article from, uh, NBC News, and I want to look at the one from the Grio. We'll probably talk about this some tomorrow because, uh, some tomorrow. Because this, you know, really ties into mental health and mental health issues, preserving mental health. Uh, and Naomi Osaka, who actually was uh, also eliminated today, uh, I think it was the day she was eliminated. Um, you know, I think all this is connected. So we know the Russian Olympic uh, uh, team, women's Russia Russian Olympic team for gymnastics won the gold u.s won silver and uh the british won bronze now uh if we go back and look here at the article so the u.s was hoping to clinch its third straight championship with a strong team uh with simone biles uh leading now a statement from the u.s gymnastics uh originally said simone biles withdrew uh, due to a medical issue, and, and said she will be assessed daily to determine medical clearance for future, uh, for future competitions because she's supposed to compete in the individual uh, competition on Thursday. But Simone Biles coach later told NBC that, uh, physically she is fine, uh, but she is done for tonight. Okay. She's done for tonight. Now, those shaky on uh, those shaky on some by her standards uh Simone Biles had qualified for all finals and was expected to go on to compete in individual all around floor exercise uh beam uneven bars and vault um uh Hoda asked uh, Simone Biles if viewers can expect to see her in Thursday's individual all around competition where she is the defending champion, she said, "We're going to take it day by day. We're just going. We're just going to see." Uh, she said. So, the. Uh, let me see here. There was a. All right. Let me look at the. Uh, let me flip over to the piece from. the com. Because with the grill. They talk about more mental health when it comes to African Americans and African American women. Uh, this piece here from the Grio. Simone Biles on Olympics withdrawal quote, didn't want to risk team medal for my screw ups. Didn't want to risk team medal for my screw ups. Um Let's see. Let me scroll down here. So, in the official press conference, Biles spoke to reporters about her mental health, being inspired by Naomi Osaka and more, explaining how explaining how she uh, chose to protect her quote body and mind. Let me blow this up. How she chose to protect her body and mind. The Olympian uh, explained, she said, quote, whenever you get in a high stress situation, you kind of freak out. I have to focus on my mental health and not jeopardize my health and well-being. I have to focus on my mental health and not jeopardize my health and well-being. She, she went on to say, I felt like it would be better to take a back seat. I didn't want to risk. Uh, the team a medal because they worked way too hard for my screw-ups. I didn't want to risk the team a medal because they worked way too hard for my screw-ups. Now, and I'm trying to close out some of these ads. Um, There was a Article that I posted a couple of days ago from The Undefeated. I'm gonna to go to that in just a second. Because it deals with when black women are not good enough. When you're when you're when you're the best, but you're not good enough. Um, putting mental health first in sports seems to be a common theme this year. As tennis star Naomi Osaka pulled herself out of the French open to protect her peace as well. Naomi, uh, uh, Simone Bio cited Naomi Osaka, Osaka as quote, an inspiration, end quote, related to her decision this morning. Relaying that while her and the entire team are athletes, they are also quote unquote people. They are also quote unquote people and there's more to life than just gymnastics. End quote. Um, all right, and she posted a white heart to her fans on Twitter uh, today after withdrawing from the uh, team from the uh, team competition. So check out this piece here from thegrio.com. Simone Biles on Olympics withdrawal: "Quote didn't want to risk team medal for my screw ups." Alright, this is by Jared Alexander for the Griot. Now, there was a there was a piece uh, I posted this a few days ago and it got a ton of response. And we posted this on our fan page, the African History Network. And I, I think I can't remember how many likes he got. Um this is from the undefeated. Undefeated dot com. And let me. uh, this right over here. We'll pull this one up. Uh, What's the name of that article? It dealt with. um, When black women are punished for being the best. When black women are punished for being the best, that's the name of the article. So there were two moves that were banned by uh, the Olympic Committee's female gymnastics. He, and and Simone Biles is the only person that can do these two moves. And this is something that this piece talks about. This is by. Uh, uh, Denny Michelle Norris, D-E-N-N-E, I think it's pronounced Denny. Michelle Norris, when Black women are punished for being the best, okay, I'm just going to share an excerpt. This is a long article, but you see all this come together, and you see the tremendous pressure. And I understand there's money involved, and there's money. You know, there's a difference between the money you earn from winning a gold medal and a silver medal. She's already won four gold medals. She's doing commercials for Visa she's doing commercials. I forgot which food companies she's doing commercials for. Um, so she's a hot commodity. Um, she carried Richardson would have been, she probably lost about $10 million um, for using marijuana, understand the circumstances. We dealt with that here on this show. And we went through and and looked at the I showed you the rules regarding marijuana usage. um, And the regulations from the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, as well as the World Anti-Doping Agency. But if we look at this piece here quickly, then we're going to go to clip two, Shakita from CBS News. When black women are punished for being the best. When black women are punished for being the best. And and as I said, you know, with Shakari Richardson, I understand the circumstances. She, you know, she's dealing with the passing of her mother and she used marijuana peers once. You know, she hadn't failed a drug test before. So I understand the circumstances. Go back and watch the uh our broadcast dealing with that where I go through and break down the whole regulations dealing with um using marijuana in the uh for prior to Olympic competitions. Simone Biles and uh, uh, Surya Bonnelly, B-O-N-A-L-L-Y, are peerless, but the judges penalize rather than exalt their athleticism. Okay. So in this piece here, and it's kind of technical dealing with the uh, moves that she does in gymnastics, but the first two paragraphs it says Simone now this is from July 23rd okay July 23rd so this is the day that the this is the day of the opening ceremony for the Olympics it says Simone Biles widely considered the greatest gymnast of all time has made a career of mastering skills that no other woman dares to try that no other woman dares to try in fact She's done let's see in fact she's done this five times in fact she's done this five times she will likely perform three of the four skills that are named the bios at the 2020 summer games in Tokyo as well as her new vault so we know you know they were supposed to have the games last year but they had to cancel them because of COVID um Summer games in Tokyo, as well as her new vault, the Yurchenko double pike, the Yurchenko double pike, which will be which will then become the fifth Biles. She has advanced the technical side of gymnastics in unprecedented ways, yet two of her skills are undervalued by the code of points two of her skills are undervalued by the code of points. In other words, she will not get quick credit for their difficulty in competition. The Federation of International Gymnastics, F-I-G-FIG, okay? I ain't come up with that acronym, okay? (laughs) The Federation of International Gymnastics claims it wants to dissuade lesser gymnasts from trying such difficult skills and sustaining injuries. Okay. The Federer. So she is so good. She can do these techniques. She can do these dismounts. She can do these, the, the Yashchenko double pike. She can do these moves that no other gymnast can do. So the Federation of International Gymnastics bans these moves that only she can do because they don't want lesser gymnasts to injure themselves trying to compete with Simone Biles and trying to do these and trying to do these moves or come up with their own moves that may be as equally as difficult. The the Federation of International Gymnastics claims it wants to dissuade lesser gymnasts. From trying such difficult skills and sustaining injuries. But it's beginning to look like a pattern in subjective, largely white dominated sports. The policing of black women's bodies, limiting how far ahead of the field they can actually be. The policing of black women's bodies. Limiting how far ahead of the field they can actually be. The injustice made me think. So the the writer, um, uh, uh, Denny uh, Michelle Norris, goes on to say the injustice made me think of an earlier pioneer. Surya Bonnelly. What was was the uh, Olympians name? Uh, Surya Bonnelly. Then he says, I was 12 years old when I watched uh, Surya Bonnelly do a backflip in the 1998 uh, Olympic Games. I was six weeks into my first round of skating lessons. And at that point, she was the only figure skater uh, I had seen on TV who looked like me. When Surya Surya, uh, replaced a planned triple Lutz with a backflip, and a second later, finished her program with her back to the judges. She thrilled the audience and the TV commentators, but she was penalized for performing the illegal skill and dropped out of medal competition. It was dropped out of medal contention. The official reason given by the International Skating Union as to why backflips are illegal is because they are landed on two feet and therefore can't be considered a jump. The back, the back flip she does is a step out, meaning that she splits her legs while flipping upside down. One leg, leg one leg lands in front of the other and she quite literally steps out. In her post-Olympic career, Surya Bonnelli would hold her one foot landing And pause before jumping into a triple South child. It takes a perfect landing. The right speed and momentum. And the right placement of body weight. To successfully execute. A triple, a triple jump. From the landing. Of any previous skill, let alone a backflip. And I don't think I've ever seen Bonnelly miss yet, despite her obvious talent, Surya Bonnelly was consistently underscored by judges. Biles, Simone Biles, like Surya is also a dark skinned black woman in a sport that is traditionally, traditionally defined by a Russian, um, balletic, or uh, ballet like, uh, skinny, let's see, skinny white woman. Okay. <laughs> Aesthetic. This that's what you're dealing with, right? The, the, uh, see, her body is built differently than these other white girls, than these white girls. Let's just be honest. Okay. Um, where a thin so the traditional body and gymnast for uh female gymnastics is a thin straight body line. Okay? A thin white woman's body. It it's it's some of the same it's criticism that Serena And Venus got in tennis because their bodies are built, especially Serena. Their bodies built differently than a lot of the skinny, the skinny girls they were competing against. But Simone and Surya, both women are powerfully built and naturally muscular. Yet neither possess the long, lean elegance of former champions such as Nancy Kerrigan. And, 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 uh, Nastia, uh, Lucan. Neither moves like a ballerina, though, toward the end of her career, Surya tried to incorporate a more classic aesthetic into her skating, choosing music by composers such as, um, uh, Antonio Vivaldi and Camille Saint, uh, Sayans. Biles on Simone Biles, on the other hand, doesn't seem too concerned about appealing to a more classical sensibility. Okay. Um, so read the rest, read the rest of this article. It's this an extensive article here from uh The Undefeated. When you go through and you look at you look at these different pieces here, and there's some more we'll probably look at tomorrow. But you go through and look at these different pieces, and then you look you, you look at the mental health component of it, and the pressure that they're dealing with. And we could see the same thing with Naomi. I mean, let's be honest when they, when Naomi beat when Naomi beat Ser, uh, Serena Williams, it was like a lot of African Americans didn't want to acknowledge that uh, Naomi's black. They said, "Oh, she's Japanese. Oh, she's half black, also." Okay. So check this piece out here from the undefeated. Uh, let's go to let's go to this piece here from I'm going to go quickly to this clip from CBS News. This deals with the uh, congressional hearing today uh, dealing with the January 6th insurrection with the uh, Trump supporters. Let's go to this clip. Uh, Shakita
3: in day one of the investigation into the deadly assault on the U.S. Capitol. A House panel heard from four officers who defended the building from a violent mob of pro-Trump supporters. But well, we learned today that some officers were attacked with racial slurs. We want to warn you that the video is graphic and disturbing. Here CBS's Chris Van Cleave.
4: In dramatic and gut-wrenching testimony, Four police officers described what felt like medieval battle fighting inch by inch to repel an angry mob of Trump supporters intent on breaching the Capitol on January 6th. I heard chanting from some in the crowd,
0: get his gun and kill him with his own gun. I could feel my myself losing oxygen and recall thinking to myself, this is how I'm
4: going to die. At worst, he dragged out into the crowd and lished. As video of what officers experience rolled, Capitol Police Sergeant Atalino Grumel wiped tears from his eyes. D.C. Officer Michael Fanone comforted the Iraq War veteran. You
3: hear uh, former President Trump say, quote, it was a loving crowd. There was a lot of love in the crowd. How does that make you feel?
0: It's upsetting. Is a pathetic excuse for his behavior. I'm still with- Uh, alright, I guess we're out of time. Alright, we're going to continue. Those watching on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I M H O T E P. Keep watching here on Facebook and YouTube. We're going to uh, keep going to finish up the rest of that clip. Uh, be sure to visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for, uh, my new 10-week online course from the Civil War. Uh, to the civil rights movement and black power 1865 to 1968 this class meets on Saturdays 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time's a 10-week online course click on register here it takes you to the next page and then uh, just click on enroll you can register for the online course we do the class live all the sessions are recorded you can go back and watch it over and over again as soon as you uh, register you can watch class number one uh, remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. What kind of forever? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by. Stand by. Um, how's everybody doing? Okay. If you want to support the African History Network, you can do so through uh, Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show paypal.me forward slash the AHN show um, or at our website africanhistorynetwork.com if you do it through YouTube we appreciate that but uh, YouTube takes 33% of the donation and also they, they only pay out once a month uh, so here's our official uh, Cash App account Dollar sign, the AHN show S-H-O-W uh, through Cash App And these other ones here are fake uh, African History Network Cash App accounts. Uh, Ours is dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W, and it shows my name there, Michael, and it shows my picture also. All right. Uh, I'll post a link here so you can uh, register for our 10-week online course. Uh, Also, when you register for it, you get the first three classes of um, the other uh, online course I teach, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. Okay. Ancient Kim at the Moors and the awful understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. That's the first online course. And that one deals with thousands of years of history. And this new one picks up where, uh, uh, the first one leaves off. The, there's a good article from NBC news. Black police officer gives emotional account of racial attacks from January 6th mob, Those words are weapons, Capitol Police officer Harry Dunn said of the racial slurs hurled at him by pro-Trump rioters. I don't think Donald Trump has chastised um, his uh, supporters for using racial epithets like that. I don't think he has. Find that interesting. He said there was a lot of love there. Maybe maybe there's a lot of love for white supremacy there. Well, uh, maybe I think maybe that's what he meant. He said there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love for white supremacy. So let me pull up this uh, piece here from CBS News. That's the clip I was sharing with you before. Uh, we ran out of time on nine ten a.m. Let's see, where is that? Okay, officers give emotional testimony at Capitol Riot Select Committee hearing. Let me pull this up here. All right. So while that cues up, um let me get that up. So Saturday, three PM to five PM would be class number two of uh from the Civil War to Black Power and uh, the Civil Rights, uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. Class number two will be uh, Saturday, July 31st. All right, I'm trying to, okay, where's this clip? All right, while I, while that cues up. I'm, I'm waiting for that to queue up. Okay, so in class number one, uh, we talked about uh, some of the history leading up to some of the history leading up to the Civil War, and uh, the Civil War starting in eighteen sixty. The Civil War starting in eighteen sixty one. Okay. Civil War starting in 1861 and some of the events leading up to the Civil War. Um, Harriet Beecher Stowe writing Uncle Tom's Cabin in 1852, Kansas Nebraska Act of 1854, Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. Um, you have the 1854, you have the um, Republican Party being formed in 1854 you have abraham lincoln becoming uh, president elect of the uh republican party uh november eighteen sixty you have south carolina seceding from the union uh december twentieth eighteen sixty becoming the first uh becoming the first uh um, state to secede from the union you have uh, six other States that are going to secede from the Union going into 1861 uh, before the Civil War starts. And you're going to have four others that follow. Um, You're going to have four others that follow. And you're going to have the Civil War that starts uh, April 12, 1861 with the attack on Fort Sumter in South Carolina. All right, let's go to this clip here.
3: We're going to turn now to that emotional testimony in, a, in day one of the investigation into the deadly assault on the U.S. Capitol. A House panel heard from four officers who defended the building from a violent mob of pro-Trump supporters. Well, we learned today that some officers were attacked with racial slurs. We want to warn you that the video is graphic and disturbing. Here is CBS's Chris Van Cleve.
4: In dramatic and gut-wrenching testimony, four police officers described what felt like medieval battle, fighting inch by inch to repel an angry mob of Trump supporters intent on breaching the Capitol on January
0: 6th. I heard chanting from some in the crowd, It is his gun, and kill him with his own gun. I could feel myself losing oxygen and recall thinking to myself, this is how I'm going to die. At worst, he dragged out into the
4: crowd and lynched As video of what officers experienced rolled, Capitol Police Sergeant Aquilino Gunnell wiped tears from his eyes. DC Officer Michael Fanone
3: comforted the Iraq War veteran. You hear uh, former President Trump say, quote, it was a loving crowd. There was a lot of love in the crowd. How does that make you feel?
0: It's upsetting. Is a pathetic excuse for his behavior. I'm still recovering from those hugs and kisses. It was his supporter that he sent them over to the Capitol
5: that day.
4: Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn remains haunted by the racial slurs hurled at him
0: like fists by rioters. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, You hear that, guys? This nigga voted for Joe Biden. In the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming,
5: Ooh, f- Nick!" But the crowd hurled more than words.
4: 165 of the 540 arrested so far are charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding police. The officers expressed frustration over GOP lawmakers downplaying the attack.
5: The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. But nothing, truly nothing, has prepared me to address those elected members of our government who continue to deny the events of that day.
4: But ahead of the hearing, top House Republicans directed blame, without evidence, on Speaker Pelosi, not former President Trump.
1: The American people deserve to know the truth, that Nancy Pelosi bears responsibility.
4: Congressman Adam Kinzinger, one of two Republicans on the nine-member committee, fought back tears as he
3: thanked the four men.
4: We are all Americans today. We thank you for holding that one.
3: Chris joins us now. It's sickening to hear what many of these officers went through, and I know the officers were asked what questions they want the committee to answer by the end of this investigation. What did they say that they want to know?
4: Well, Nora, they implored the panel to find the truth and to determine if anybody in power had a role in inciting the violence that they found themselves surrounded by. Liz Cheney said she wants the panel to look at every minute that went on at the White House that day, every meeting, every phone call before and during the attack.
3: Nora, Chris Van thank you.
0: All right. So that is um, from CBS News. Check this. Uh, check this uh Check up this article out from. Uh, CBS News officers give emotional testimony at Capitol riot select committee hearing. Okay, And you have um, of the five hundred and forty people who have been arrested, one hundred and sixty five people are charged with assaulting, resisting or impeding uh, police. Uh, officers give emotional testimony at Capitol riot select committee hearing. Okay. This is from CBS news, uh, cbsnews.com. So check out this article. So they're going to be a lot of uh convictions, especially for the most serious, um, uh, offenders. They're going to be a lot of convictions. You have people who are waiting, uh, trial who are in jail right now. And they've been in jail for months also. So anybody that doesn't think that these people are going to be held accountable, that means you really don't uh, you haven't been paying attention to what's going on. There have been 200,000 tips that have come in to the FBI, digital tips. So they've, they're going through a ton of information, building these cases. You have 540 people who've been arrested and they're being charged. Um, so is going to, it's expected that the trials will go into um, 2022. It's expected the trials will go into 2022 because the DC courthouse, uh, the DC courthouse that um, they are being, the DC courthouse where these trials are being held. Okay. The amount of, Uh, Trials that they're going to have, the amount of cases that they have is double the amount of trials that usually are held at this D.C. courthouse. And then on top of that, this courthouse is dealing with a backlog of cases. Due to uh, coronavirus, because a lot of a lot of uh, courts shut down. When the coronavirus is at its peak or they. Had like strict limitations which slow down how many cases they can get through. They may have to do something again. They, they're dealing with also limitations in how many people can be in the court because of coronavirus. And now with the Delta Delta variant, because uh, people started, uh, people stopped, a lot of people stopped social distancing and wearing masks and things like that too soon. Uh, now we see the surging and we see it surging basically in, in, um, all 50 states, Uh, as we go into fall and winter, it's going to be even more severe as we go into fall and winter. Uh, The reason why is, uh, the reason why is because in the fall and winter, viruses tend to spread more Because it gets colder outside, people retreat indoors and they are in closer proximity to one another. So this allows viruses to spread uh, much more than summertime when people are outdoors more. Well, if it's spreading like this during the summer, it's going to spread even more in the fall and winter. Okay, so we have. Uh, that story, you'll probably hear more about this as well. The, the look at the piece from, uh, NBC com. also. Uh, black police officer gives emotional account of racial attacks from January 6th mob. Uh, those were, those words are weapons. Capitol police officer, Harry Dunn said of the racial slurs heard hurled at him by Trump riders. Now there was a, and you know, he talked, he talks about uh, his experience and um, he's a 13 year uh, veteran of the Capitol police force. He testified that riders were nearing, um, were nearing a room directly off the house floor. They shouted uh, about having been invited by Trump to stop the steal, prevent correct uh, congressional affirmation of Joe Biden's victory. He said those riders said nobody voted for Biden. He said that, uh, he said I'm law enforcement and I do my best to keep uh, politics out of my job. But in this circumstance, I responded, well, I voted for Joe Biden. Does that uh, does my vote not count? Am I nobody? Uh, he asked he's African-American uh, that prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One uh, foul mouth woman wearing a pink MAGA shirt. Of course she would. Wearing a pink MAGA shirt. Uh, said. Uh, she said uh, to, to the uh, she said this end' we're voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in. Uh, saying boo, call him an effing N-word. So read the rest of this. He said, no one ever called me an N-word while wearing uh, the uniform of a Capitol police officer. Uh, Officer Harry Dunn uh, continued adding that after the riot, he heard from other African-American officers who faced racial abuse from the mob Quote, one officer told me he had never in his 40 year life had been called an N-word to his face. And and that streak ended on January 6th. Yet another black officer later told me he had been confronted by insurrectionists in the capital who told him to, uh quote, put your gun down and we'll show you what kind of N-word you really are. You know. See, this is the type of love that Donald Trump was talking about. Donald Trump was talking about love of white supremacy. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about love of white supremacy. So that's why these traitors that are supporting Trump in the House of Representatives and the Senate and the state legislatures, that's why they have to be voted out of office. That's why they have to be voted out of office, because a lot because uh they're going to uh, continue to carry out Trump's wishes. Many of them think like he does or they're just cowards. And at the same time, they're blocking bills that we advocate for and are beneficial to African-Americans. All right. Once again, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through cash app. Dollar sign the AHN show through cash app. And then also through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. And um, at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep. I M H O T E P. And we're here six days a week, so it helps helps us to keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, uh, pay some of the bills, and visit our website Africanhistorynetwork.com. dot com. You can register for a new ten week online course. We teach this one on Saturdays, uh, three p.m. to five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. From the Civil War to the uh, from uh, the Civil War to civil rights and black power from the Civil War to to the civil rights movement and black power, 1865 to 1968. And then when you click on register here to take you to the next page, click on enroll and you can watch class number one. It's archived there. You can join us in class live. We do the classes live. All the sessions are recorded so you can go back and watch them over and over again. We deal with uh, the last year of the Civil War. And actually, class one, I dealt with some history leading up to the Civil War starting to give some historical context. And then we dealt with 40 Acres and the Mule, special field order number 15, uh, Lincoln being assassinated. We dealt with uh, Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865, uh, 13th Amendment being ratified in in, um, December 1865. And then uh, we're going for class number two, we're going to go into reconstruction era 1865 to 1877 which is a period of time when we have african americans acquiring land despite the obstacles and uh we also dealt with um uh, the land most of the land being taken back from forty acres and a mule as well okay and we uh i went through in depth and, and we looked at what was stipulated in special field order number 15 that allocated 400,000 acres of coastal land in South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida to about 40,000 African-American families. Okay. of former slaves. So class number two, we're going to look at the reconstruction era. This is a era when we're electing African-American men into political office. We're going to elect about 2000 African-Americans to political office. Uh, Some of us are going to uh, acquire land and you know, one of the top occupations we have were farmers. You're still dealing with, you know, you still have a lot of us in agriculture in this period of time. And then you're going to have, uh, some of us who are going to be sharecroppers as well, but we're going to deal with the reconstruction era and, uh, the Freedmen's Bank and the Freedmen's Bureau in the compromise of 1877, which was, um, a, an agreement between the Republicans and the Democrats to, allow Rutherford B. Hayes to become the uh, president from the 1876 presidential election because neither Rutherford Rutherford B. Hayes or Samuel J. Tilden, neither one of them had enough electoral college votes to become president. So this is an agreement to let Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican, become president. In return, he will remove the Union troops, the remaining Union troops out of the South, which will allow the Democrats to take back over the South, take back the Southern state legislatures, to uh, really uh, impose to the full extent white supremacy on African-Americans. And this helps to uh, reduce a lot of the progress we were making. This is the compromise of 1877 that ends the reconstruction era. Okay, so we'll post a link here. You can register for that online course. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct for wrong behavior. Uh, it's not over till we win We're kind of forever. And remember, these shows are uh, in audio podcast format also. Wherever you get your audio podcast from, search for the African History Network show. Uh, we're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, CastBox, FM Player, TuneIn, and... At our website, just click on uh, listen to podcasts, and it takes you to our blog talk radio page, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network Show. And uh, you can listen to podcasts uh, there. We have about a thousand of our podcasts there. All right, right now it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.
1: Black on purpose television network. Yes, black on purpose television network, all black all positive all the time the largest black owned streaming television network in the world bringing our people together worldwide controlling our messages our story our way black tv the way it should be black music black history and more 30 plus channels thousands of shows black on purpose television network subscribe
5: now hi i'm joel wilson president and ceo of jcw computer consulting llc a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers we offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services we are an authorized partner or reseller for lenova zoom t-mobile Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.
0: For 25 years, the Black History 101 Mobile Museum has carried on the rich legacy of the black museum movement in America by showcasing original artifacts of the black experience at colleges, universities, K-12 schools, corporations, libraries, conferences, and cultural events, making it the most traversed black history mobile exhibit in American history. Dr. Khalid El Hakim is the founder of the Black History 101 Mobile Museum, and he is a highly sought-after public speaker on topics of black history, social studies, education, museum studies, hip-hop, and race relations. Dr. Khalid was named among the changemakers for NBC Universal's Erase the Hate campaign and listed as one of the 100 Men of Distinction for Black Enterprise he recently founded the michigan hip hop archive on the campus of western michigan university the black history 1 on 1 mobile museum is currently scheduling in person and virtual exhibits nationwide for more information, please contact Dr. Khalid Al Hakim directly at 313 645 4197. 313 645 4197. Or visit their website at blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. That's blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. You can also email him at bhistory101 at yahoo.com. bhistory101 at yahoo.com.
6: We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustle Her Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise.
0: Digital Dandelion's Technical Solutions works with businesses like yours to create an operations manual for your business, which is something many businesses don't have. According to AARP, more than 30% of small business owners are over 50 years old. Many business owners want to retire by selling their businesses or by passing their businesses on to their children. However according to Forbes investment advisors many retiring owners attempts to sell their businesses for retirement fail you cannot sell your business without a business manual your children also cannot inherit your business because there is no way to run it your business does not have to die when you leave their business Bible products will give you the tools you need for a thriving business that can make you money even after you retire. Are you looking at increasing your business's annual revenue? Digital Dandelions can help you make at least $100,000 in annual revenue and expand your business. Speak with them today about solidifying your business. Visit DigitalDandelions.com today and get a free 30-minute consultation.